Pod Conduit Media. What's it gonna be? Big out of that! You are now listening to the High Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to another episode of Hyrule Podcaster. The podcast of the Windfish. I'm your co-host, Pat. And I'm your co-host, Ben. On this Let's Play, we venture through each game in Nintendo's Zelda franchise. Yep, yep, yep. We're pretty practiced gamers, but we're not experts or purists. We're just experiencing each game start to finish. And this season... We're finally playing The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. And we hope that you enjoyed last episode where we read the manual to you because that's an important thing to do. But in case you were like, ah, I'm just going to skip that, we're getting into the game today. So no worries. Yeah. You can go back and listen if you want. You can pull up a quick PDF of the menu yourself if you want. It was a fun read. Definitely a fun read. Definitely a fun read. So, Patrick, how you been since last week? Good. Chilling. You know me. Making music. Hanging with the cat. Been getting spooky. Definitely. It's spooky season. We're it's recording on Halloween. Season. We're recording on Halloween, yeah. I was Binks for a Halloween party. I don't know who that is. From Hocus Pocus. And Crystal was uh. Billy Butcherson, the zombie. Everybody always picks the Sanderson sisters from that movie. So we went with uh, some very important unsung heroes. I have not movie. seen Hocus Pocus. Yeah, I hadn't either. I know that it wasn't. I think our parents didn't want us doing anything witchy. Mm, mm. Yeah, it just wasn't in the rotation. Just wasn't in the rotation. Yeah, and I feel like it was, uh, it was fun. I watched it for the first time a week or two ago. It's a fun oh, movie. Good. Do you do anything for Saturday Halloween? Um, Saturday nights, my brother and sister-in-law had a baby party. Not a baby shower, to be clear. They had a baby party for their soon-to-be baby. <laughs> What's the difference? Uh, I don't know, but they were very adamant that this was not a baby shower. It was a baby okay. party. It really, it was just like a party. It was a Halloween party. But, like, there was a set of balloons that said Jack, because that's the baby's name. Mm. I kind of feel like that was the only... And then people brought presents, but they did not open presents while everybody was there. Because I think everybody hates that. I don't know. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that people... It's just a very cringe thing to do to open all the presents that everybody's sitting there. Oh, yeah. You know, now Gave that I'm parties, thinking about baby showers. About, yeah, it's like, kind of an awkward situation. It is. It is very awkward. Very awkward. So, um, so yeah, so we were there Saturday night, and then Jen and I both had races to run on Sunday morning. So we boogied a little early. Um, and then uh, last night, we watched that new movie, Barbarian. Cool. On HBO Max. Uh, and it was excellent. Highly recommend. Very spooky. Very freaky. Very spooky? Very spooky. Okay, cool. I'll, maybe I'll check it out tonight. I also saw that Cronenberg's latest movie just came to Hulu. Ah, was it very Cronenbergery? You know, I haven't watched it yet. It's Crimes of the Future, and his like, I saw a movie that he directed named Crimes of the Future that he must have like made in college or something. Okay, um, years and years ago. Um, maybe it was like his first movie, 
And it's cool that he's getting a a stab at doing it with a Hollywood budget, with a full budget. But it's not, from what I remember, it wasn't super Cronenberg. You know, his last like okay. four movies have been not all gross. And so for those of you at home, Cronenberg is one of the masters of body horror and of not using CGI to accomplish it. Right, right. But he has strayed from his terrifying, gory, goopy aesthetic for his last few films. Nice, nice. Um, And then tonight, it being Halloween, our local um, cinema is playing the original John Carpenter's Halloween at the movie theater at 7. And so there's a group of about 16 of us that are headed down that way, including some new friends I met through another podcast called 70MM. I was at Mm. a meetup that they had up in Philadelphia over the summer where we watched Back to the Future as you know, oh, a right. group of like podcast friends. And I met a few people that were from the area down here. And so I pinged them on Discord and then a couple friends here in the area. And then they invited a few more people. And all of a sudden there's, you know, almost 20 of us going to see Halloween tonight. And there are a bunch of people that are going to get dinner at different places, like in the neighborhood and like new friend groups awesome. making, you know, getting made up. So yeah, I was, I was very excited. So uh, I'm hoping to trying to get a group, like a solid group of people that, you know, maybe every, maybe like once a quarter, we try and meet up and, and go to a movie together. And I think that's, you know, I can't commit to like, oh, let's do it weekly or monthly. But like co- every, like four times a year seems totally reasonable for like a big group of people to try and go to a movie together. I think you should try to do it every day. Every if day. anybody fails, then they're out of the friend group forever. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good idea. Just remember... <laughs> Friends that you make on Halloween might not be the same people the next day. That is Everybody's true. in disguise. I got my <laughs> Spider-Man onesie that I'll put on as soon as we're done recording that I got in an estate sale for a dollar. Very sadly, I made Patrick take it off to put on yeah. Zelda stuff since we're recording we're the video the podcast. of this. But it's okay. I woke up and put on my onesie. I put this on for work. We can pretend like we this call is this work. work, right? This is totally work. This is a uniform that I had to wear for my ah, shift yes. at the Hyrule Podcast. Yes, which I didn't make you put on until your work shift started at one o'clock your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, which is very generous of you. You know, we're always trying to <laughs> think about the uh, think about the worker here at Odd Conduit Media. So, and we're recording a little early because I'm flying to New York on Wednesday. I wish I was flying today so that I could wear my Spider-Man onesie on the plane. Ooh, I bet you get some. I bet you get some free beer for that one. Should I do that anyway? Should I have a Spider-Man onesie on the plane? I don't know. If you're just going from Portland to New York, I think you'll just kind of get like, well, whatever. Right, exactly. That's such a good point. I have, it's funny, I'm playing a show in Brooklyn and I'm playing a show in Connecticut. And I'm definitely wearing pink pants on stage in Brooklyn and nobody's going to say a word. And I just brought regular jeans to to put on, on stage in Connecticut because last time I played this place everybody wanted to talk to me about my poofy coat. And I'm just like, you know what? I just want to catch up with my friends. I don't want to have to have a conversation with every person that comes into this venue. So, so you're going normcore for that part of the tour? Yes, I'm going normcore for that. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll wear something on stage, but the second I'm off stage, it's regular jeans and a t-shirt. Smart. smart. Yeah, well, Patrick, buddy. Why don't you let folks know what we're getting into today? So, Link's Awakening, 1993, the Game Boy. Now, 
a lot of you have a Switch now, but back in the day, if you wanted a handheld console, you either had to play the Game Boy, which is the OG successful handheld console, or the Sega Game Gear, which used more batteries than every remote that your parents don't know how to use in their house. Correct. Or you could sit really close to an outlet. The cord was only about two feet long and play your Sega Game Gear. So if you're familiar with the Zelda franchise at this point, you would have played the first Zelda, maybe the second Zelda for about five minutes before you threw it down the toilet. <laughs> and then... And then the third Zelda, which was on Super Nintendo as opposed to Nintendo for the first two games. Right, right. And it was just beautiful and colorful and had a lot of characters. And then you might get a Game Boy for your birthday or something and pick up The Legend of Zelda, Link's, Link's Awakening. Awakening. Now, this feels like the first and third Zeldas. It looks like it's top-down view. At the time, the Game Boy's limitations were pretty extreme, and it's totally grayscale with a little green. You know? It's not completely gray. Very limited color palette, though, on the original Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. About the same amount of music that you could have on the NES. And a very tiny screen. Nonetheless, a fantastic game. I spent hours playing this game and you were and if you were a little brother like I am with an older brother that was very good at video games you might find it relieving that you had your own console in your hand and you could lock the door or play under the covers with a worm light see that's but back in the day before we had a backlight on our switch or our DS or a Game Boy Advance SP which is where it was introduced <laughs> I believe you would plug in an extra attachment that hooked around and and shined a light on the screen itself. And these were like, you know, this is mid-90s, so these things are, you know, plastic and glittery, and they're exactly what, what you're envisioning yeah. right now. I remember having a really good translucent purple Ooh, worm light. Very nice, very nice. It was great. And the batteries lasted pretty long in a Game Boy. You could just play this game to your heart's content. It's really fun. It's super immersive. The characters are wacky. The trading game is fun. The island is meant to be explored as, you know, all maps in a Zelda game are. We'll get into some more of the details as we play along, but I'm antsy to get started. Right. Well, I think with that, we know what we're starting out with here. We're obviously playing Link's Awakening DX for the Game Boy Color. came out in 1998. Without further ado, let's jump into it. Here we go. Woohoo! So you pick up your Game Boy, you press the on button, and you're met with... Run it, restart the game. Uh, Tale of the Sea. Right, three, two, one. Here we go. So it's storming on the seas, lightning crashes, this unsettling music plays, and a ship is seen, its silhouette, it's coming to the center of the screen. The music builds, the tension builds, 
Oh my goodness, Link is now shown climbing up his mast. Oh, and lightning strikes his boat, fade to white. What happened? We're now on a beach and there's a woman running across the screen as it pans over. We can only assume with the palm trees in the back that yes, Link has washed up on the shores of an island. And this woman walks up to us and tries to shake us awake. To no avail, pan up to the top of the mountain, clouds covering a giant egg with big pink spots on it in the clouds. What's happening? The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX 93, 98, Nintendo. And we hear that music that we're oh so familiar with. It really just pulls us right back in to Zelda. Look at the colors, it's beautiful. So now we have the option to start a new character. We already got BB up top. So we're gonna, what are we naming ourselves this season, Ben? You, it's, it's on you. I know. So apparently if you name yourself Goopy. We're gonna be Goopy. <laughs> I thought you'd I like love that. it. I love it. So apparently if you name yourself Zelda here, you get different music that's a lot more intense and we'll hear something like that music later. In the German game, if you name yourself after the guy who translated it, you get this wacky techno music. Maybe I'll play it in an intro in an upcoming episode. But for now, let's start the game. Oh my gosh, I've been waiting forever for this. So we come to in a little house with two twin beds and the woman that rescued us is next to our bed and we are restless and awake and look at her and blink. What a relief. I thought you'd never wake up. You were tossing and turning. What? Zelda? No, my name's Marin. You must still be feeling a little woozy. You're on Koholit Island. Link jumps out of bed, ready to go to action. Follow the lane south to reach the beach where I found you. Since you washed ashore, lots of nasty monsters have been in the area. So be careful, okay? All right, we'll be careful. Let's go over and talk to what looks like your dad with a big shiny red nose. Well, Goopy, you finally snapped out of it. Name's Terran. Hope you're feeling better. What? How do I know your name? You think it's weird, eh? Well, I saw it on the back of this shield. And, and we hold raise shield the shield above, above our, head. our head. You got your shield back. That's awesome. So we can press the button and repel enemies with the shield. Now, as we mentioned in the last episode, you have to press the button to use the shield. It's not a passive mode. What are you doing? Go smash some pots, bro. You gotta smash the pots. Wow, this looks pretty heavy. You won't be able to lift it with just your bare hands. So this is a problem in this game. Every time you approach an object you can't lift, it tells you that. And I will, wow, this looks pretty heavy. And I will not be reading it every time, but just know that if you're playing along, you might run into this. So we got some cuckoos out here. There's a chicken and this little house, <clears throat> just a little modest one-story house kind of resembles your house in A Link to the Past. Oh, we make our way so, to the left and there's already an Easter egg here. Yeah, so this is a chain chomp from the Super Mario Brothers game. Yeah. Who is here as what looks to be some kind of guard dog. So let's go on and yeah, see what's like going a, on here. Like a pet, perhaps. Oh, there's a nice lady in here and a little maybe. Yip, yip, 
Yip, yip. Little baby chain chomp screaming. Oh, ho, ho, ho. My Bow Wow is so proud of his fine fur coat. Mm. All right, so. I always thought chain chomps were covered in, like, cannonball material. Oh, look, and there's a little one in here. Makeup, jewels, dresses. I want it all. Sigh. And some new accessories would be nice. I feel you. I understand. I'm also a material girl living in a material world. Patrick's we also have, like, a fox kind of on the screen. Yeah, very cute-looking fox. So we head north, and we see another cuckoo. Cuckoo. <laughs> oh, we oh, got a pond. Guy fishing. I want some fishing, little buddy. It'll only charge you ten roops. Well, we don't have ten we roops, so... We don't have so any money at you all. You have to have more passion. Live a little. Facts. All right, well... Marin told us to take the lane headed south back towards the beach. So we're just going to keep this following beach. this lane and see where it takes us. Oh, and we're no longer in the village. There's some little boys playing catch right here. Hey, man. When you want to save, just push all the buttons at once. Uh, don't ask me what that means. I'm just a kid. I love how they, like, break the fourth wall in this it's game. It's so funny. So funny. Well, it seems that after you save... You will start at the last door you went through. I'm not really sure why that is, because I'm just a kid. It's it's like creepy. They like know what's going on. Oh, look, we're in a library. All right. And so if you've played Link to the Past, uh, you will see if you're in this room that just like in a Link to the Past, there is a book up on a shelf that we cannot get. Mm, it's not so a when chest. we go up to the bookshelf, book it says, this is not a chest. What? You knew that? Okay. So they're definitely being metatextual with us here yes, very early super on. super metatextual. It's like kind of eerie to the extent like those kids. I don't know why I have this information. Pretty freaky. So then what you have here in the library, uh, we're not going to go through the whole thing because we don't want to bore you, but they have things like selecting the item that's right for you. Read this book. And so this is where you're able to come and learn about how to play the game. So if you didn't read the manual and you're kind of confused, there are eight books in there that are going to walk you through a lot of the basic controls. So here we have a sign. So we could head east towards Tail Cave, or we could head south towards Toronbo Shores. And Marin told us just to follow this trail. So we're just gonna keep following this trail down. We hop off oh. the ledges, we see our first little itty bitty enemy. And that little bitty enemy is the classic Octo Rock. They're a little red in the DX version of this game. This sign says, beware of the sea urchins. Don't touch them with your bare hands. Well, I have person hands. So I will tell Don't you touch them with them. that when I was younger, I can remember this taking me so long to figure out what you had to do here. <laughs> so what you have to do, and this teaches you early on that you have to activate your shield, unlike in other games. You have to uh, hold the yeah. B button down, get the shield in front of you, and then you're able to move these Oh, you can just push urchins. it. Yeah, so looking at this from the context of how does this game teach you how to play the game, we have books, we have a sign telling us to use our shield for the sea urchins, but not quite giving it away. We just encountered some levers, by the way, which you might remember from- Classic levers. Yep. And here we have, oh, a sword that we almost got. Woohoot! 
Urhut! So, you are the lad who owns the sword. Now I understand why the monsters are starting to act so violently. A courageous lad has come to wake the windfish. It is said that you cannot leave the island unless you wake the windfish. You should now go north to the mysterious forest. I will wait for you there. Hoot! Goodbye, Owl. Thanks for all the information. Let's pick up our sword. Yes, and energy surges into it as we hold it above our head. You found your sword. It must be yours because it has your name engraved on it. Wow, it says Goopy on the sword. That's incredible. And we get this epic music. We do the spin attack, killing an enemy, giving us our first blue rupee that gives us one. And we can see that this the sword and the shield both have L-1 next to it, making us think that we are going to get other levels of shield. Very smart. And just like in the game A Link to the Past, we have our whirlwind attack or our spin attack that mm -hmm. does double the damage of our uh, standard, standard attack. Which you might remember they invented because Link could travel diagonally through a screen but couldn't attack diagonally and they were trying to figure out how to make that work so they added the spin attack yep. which then is present in every Zelda game except for the abomination that is Zelda 2. So we're going to keep heading north towards the mysterious woods. We have a sign here that says Mysterious Forest. It's a little bit mysterious. Very funny. They're being really cute yeah. here. Oh, oh, we got the, the owl, owl back. Friend again. Woo hoot! Oh, brave lad, on your quest to wake the dreamer, welcome to the mysterious wood. Much of mystery you will find on this uncharted Koholint Island. I'm afraid you may find it a trifle difficult to leave the island while the windfish naps. By the by, have you ever visited the Tail Cave, which is south of the village? Go there with the key you find in this forest. The windfish is watching. Hoot hoot! So just let me, before we enter the forest. Yeah. We have been told now multiple times that we are the reason that, or that coincidentally perhaps, there's it's a bunch of to. monsters yeah. that showed up when we showed up, <clears throat> which I find very accusatory, and I won't stand for it. So there you go. Good. Gotta stick up for yourself, you know. Here we go. We're in the mysterious woods. So we uh, immediately encounter a moblin, and one of them drops a heart, and the other drops what looks like an acorn. You've so this got is a guardian, guardian acorn. acorn. It will reduce the damage you take by half. I probably only have to read that message one time in this entire game, right, Patrick? Uh, yeah, yeah. They'll only they'll only display that once ever. Right. Because why would I need to see it every time I get one? I know what it does. Yeah, and why would you have to scroll through like four dialogue boxes every time you pick up an item that's supposed to be helpful? What is this? A raccoon? As a raccoon, my nose is very sensitive to stuff like dust and. Powder. Kinda okay, odd. raccoon. Thanks for letting us oh, know. He's laughing. He's like laughing. <laughs> You're gonna be lost thanks to me. <laughs> okay, now it looks oh. like we're back in the same exact screen, but there's a moblin where the raccoon was. And we got this weird little noise as well. Mm hmm. And so, if we pull our up our map, map yeah, just so has us in the mysterious woods on the same square that we were. No, we've transported, like, over to the east, right? 
Oh, we... we've skipped. Yeah. Two two squares over to the east? Yeah, yeah. We're definitely a different spot. Ah, uh, yeah. So now we have a moblin with a sword and a shield, which Ben, you know, you heard him clanking against. All right. So now I am back where... Yeah, huh. now I'm back where the raccoon is. Okay, okay so yeah. we can't go north there, uh, but there is a tunnel right here. Beware the floors with cracks. A heavy person should not stand on them. Well, we'll see if we're heavy. Oh, so there were eyes in the, uh, Holes. the pits, and out came another classic enemy, the Keys Keys. Yeah, so we're in a cave now, and, you know, like bats, keys love being in caves. So I've been so slashing these. some, like, crystallized... What are those things? I think they're crystallized crystals. You got 50 rupees. Very nice. All right, I'm going to get this next guardian acorn in. Oh, and you've got a guardian acorn. It will reduce the damage you take by half. Drink every time you pick up the guardian acorn. More Kool-Aid. <laughs> right. Okay, so we encountered the buzz blobs. No. No, those are Zoles, right? Counter the Zoles. My bad, yep. my bad. We yep. see that we're going to have heart containers again. We can't get to this one yet because these stones no. won't move. And, and wow, this looks pretty heavy. You won't be Benjamin. able to lift it with just your bare hands. Well, that was a new one, so I had to check. Right. It was a skull oh, on a pot. Oh, what's this? Oh, there's a little mushroom over here. That's You cool. picked the toadstool. As you hold it over your head, a mellow aroma flows into your nostrils. I was always like, what is a mellow aroma? You know, like what writing? So we're just gonna keep going north here. We go, oh, oh, can't go any further north. There's a glitch here that you can use. Yeah. get hit by the enemy and hop over that yeah, hole. Yeah, it's very cool. Mm -hmm. So this game had a couple glitches. And the original. I'm not sure if they work on the DX version. We're backtracking right now, by the way. So, as we go through the cave, um, I recall that you could press the select button as you cross into a new screen. You got oh, a piece of power. You can feel the energy flowing through you. But it ends and as soon as you uh, move from an underground right. to an overground. But it would stay if you went screen to screen. Right. So... Again, you press select as you enter a new screen and it warps your character onto the exact opposite end of the screen, which is a really, really? cool glitch to play with. I've beaten the game very quickly that way. In yeah, fact, that's so I, cool. I unlocked um, a really cool weapon. We have left the woods and here's our first buzz blob that Ben will approach and slice and get zapped if he does. Oh, creepy. Speaking of spooky season, we just entered what looks like a witch's hut, and she's a very classic witch. Double, double, toil and trouble. A toad school mix makes powder for tricks. Aha. Well, we have a toad school. Yeah, and we're going to present it. Ah, uh, it has the sleepy toad school. It does. We'll mix it up something in a jiffy, we will. There's a little rat hopping around. It's all ready, it is. Take care, as there's not much there. Why not try a bit in my hut? See, and this is classic. Somebody selling you something and then getting you to use it for them. You acquired the magic powder. Try sprinkling it on a variety of things. Good job. 
Use it on your enemies and see what happens. If you run out, go to the forest, pick some mushrooms, and I will make you more. So, as you can see, we've acquired the magic powder. Now I'm going to suggest to Ben that he's re-equip his sword. Ah, which yes. is something that you got to be diligent about. And Ben's going to walk up and slice this buzzbob. Ah. Oh, we just put powder right on it. Talk to it. Talk to the buzzbob now that it has magic powder. It gets like eyes. Hey, man. Let's try to talk to it again. Don't powder it. You know me. I like short names the best. What the heck? Try to talk to it again. It can display millions of polygons. It's broken. Talk to it again. I definitely need it as soon as possible. Oh my gosh. Hey, man. So it resets. This, we broke the buzz blob. Gave it glasses, and now it's like saying things that sound like emails that you might get if you were working at Nintendo. Just bizarre. I mean, this did come out before the N64, so what are they talking about polygons for? So Ben just blew past a couple moblins. We also encountered a river Zora that was shooting flames at us while we toyed around with the powdered buzz blob. And now I think Ben's gonna hightail it back to this wacky raccoon because the wacky raccoon said he was allergic to powder. Ben just used powder on a moblin and it caught fire. So hopefully this raccoon doesn't catch fire when we sprinkle stuff on it. Oh, he's going crazy. Spinning. Bing bonging around the screen. A bing bonging, bing bonging. We're just watching. Whoa! Oh! The last thing I can remember was biting into a big juicy toadstool. Then I had the darndest dream. I was a raccoon. Yeah, sounds strange. But it sure was fun. I was that Marin? Wait, you're is wild. that Marin or is that Beetle? I think, oh, hold you on. Know what? I think it's Beetle. It's Beetle right next to Marin. Oh! They must have been raccoons together. They must have been hanging out. What you got for us, Beetle? Let's get down to business and talk about what's really got us excited. The new season of the First Encounter podcast. <laughs> First Encounter is a video game podcast where best friends Haney and Chris take turns making each other play the games that helped formulate them as youths. <laughs> In season two, Chris takes over the controller as Haney forces him to play the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask for the first time. Listen in as Chris tries desperately to understand what's happening in this game. They'll laugh, they'll cry, and they'll definitely make you feel something too. Check out First Encounter wherever you listen to podcasts or at www.firstencounterpodcast.com. You have to include the www, otherwise it won't work. Thank you! All right, so we Thanks, head Beetle. north of screen, and Ooh, we see a chest. chest. Got some... Ooh, you got the tail key. Now we can open the tail cave gate. That's awesome. Here comes our friend, our the owl. Well, <laughs> Take the key and go to the tail cave. Retrieve the instrument that is hidden there. Go now. The windfish is waiting. Hoot! All right, the windfish is waiting. All right, so what an odd I, and mysterious name for a creature. I know. The wind. So fish. I will be uh, making our way back south 
Uh, and the big question is, will I turn right at the correct time or will I turn right too late? That is usually what happens to me. Yeah, there's... It's easy to just get a little bit turned around in this yeah, game. Yep. They build up these barriers. Ooh, Ben's going to jump, jump down the well, it looks like. I love how they use that same thing from the last game. Yep, yep. You got a piece of heart. Press select on the subscreen to see. So we got our first quarter of heart. We're going to be collecting heart pieces and getting, getting full hearts. You know, I love just walking around slicing bushes. It's so much fun. So it there's feels some, good. Yeah, there's some pits right there that we can't get over, so we got to continue east. Slicing up Octo Rocks. Hey, hey, hey. And Ben just Ben just kicked an Octo Rock off the screen. So we approach the tail cave, and it looks like three little shrimp-like heads. Ben puts the key in one with the keyhole, and then enters a very modest-looking cave. Level, Level one. one. Tail cave. Tail cave. So this is beautiful. The walls are fuchsia. Wow. It looks... There's I've never played DX. So this You've is never so, played the DX version? No. Oh, my gosh. No. This is beautiful. This is a beautiful game. It is a beautiful game. Oh. And immediately, we see a new enemy that we might recognize from a previous game. Um, ben opens up... Oh, he went to open a chest but got a guardian acorn instead. Now, while the guardian acorn does provide a service, it's also just so annoying. <laughs> and so in this game, uh, we have the compass again, and it's going to show us where keys are, where the nightmare layer is, and this compass has a new feature. A tone will tell you if a key is hidden in a room when you enter, which is a very nice quality of life thing, I have to say. It is a very nice quality of life thing. So Ben, did you get that key in the last room? Yeah. Good. But a key, we just heard the noise in this in this room right here. Mm -hmm. And so exactly. we killed the monsters. So there was a key in the last room and we didn't hear the noise because we already got it. But in this room, bang, kill the monsters, hit a switch, get a small key. So Pretty we exciting. can go left or right. So we're gonna go left. The door is closed behind us. There are four keys here in the middle. Mm -hmm. We're gonna Light knock them work. out. I mean, this isn't this first dungeon doesn't seem to be posing that big of a problem. We smash some crystals. We see a bombable wall over to our left, but alas, we do not have bombs yet. We get some rupees. It looks like we're probably gonna cake up. We're it probably looks like we're gonna stack. Yep. We're gonna make some rupees in this dungeon. Ben Ooh, we got a sling keys. blade. You see that right there? Blade trap. Yes. We have a sling blade. And we go through the door that we unlock with. And so we have, these are bubbles? Are they called that in this game, Patrick? You know, I'm just going to assume that they're called that in this game. So As now we have our first kind of mini puzzle. And all we have to do is push a block a little bit and it opens the door for us. But again, they are trying to show us kind of how to do this. So. Next, we're in this room where it has some bad guys that kind of charge at us with spiky helmets. If yeah, you try and hit them, you can't do bad. anything. They're bad, bad guys. They also don't seem to fall in the pits. So what you have to do is if you hold your shield out, they will flip over and their spongy underbellies are exposed and you're able to slice them. And when we do that, we get a set of stairs 
headed down into a dungeon. And what is this, Patrick? Oh my gosh, there, there are Goombas in this game. That you can jump on. That you can <laughs> jump on. I love seeing Mario characters in this game. Okay, and we exit the underground dungeon lair. So there's a heart floating. It looks like it has wings. We have What's two sling blades, and they got me. Did you get got? You got, I got, got got. You got the rock's feather. It feels like your body is a lot lighter. So, in my mind, this is the revelation of the game, is yes, the rock's feather. It is. Yeah. It's so exciting, because we are just hopping down the corridor now. And so all of those pits that we saw earlier, we now just mm -hmm. get to jump over everything. And like it immediately opens up the world. So we're back yeah. in the room with the spiked beetles, which is what those are called. We can take a little jump, skip over this pit, and we can slice in midair, which it's is so cool. So satisfying. It's so so cool. It's very satisfying to slice in midair. I absolutely love it. Go past the mini mole dorm. A lot of these, a lot of these enemies we've seen before. So we got another small key. Which is always ah, a good thing. There's another do. key that we can't quite get to yet. Hmm, just out of reach. And we go into a room with some more keys. As Ben likes to say, keys, keys. And we're jumping over pits. We unlock a block. Yeah, it's our first block gate. Yes, I think that's something new for this game. And now we got the nightmare key. You've gotten the nightmare's key. You can now open the door to the nightmare's lair. And it kind of has like cat ears on it. Mm. Maybe horns. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, this so uh, guardian acorn music is driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I avoid the guardian acorns. So these are called sparks, not bubbles in this game. Ah. And I think the distinguishing feature is that they glow black and white. I don't know. Same thing. Ooh. All right, so, so. What do we have here? These enemies, three of a kind, are one of the hardest enemies in the game because you have to slice them. Now this is a puzzle that we would have solved with the help of uh, a hint, perhaps. You found now we have stone a stone beak. beak and we have to find the owl statue that belongs to it. So we take what we got out of this treasure chest and we walk up to the owl statue in this room and I'm directing Ben back into the room and it says turn aside the spin ones with a shield. So it's giving us hints. So we, this is going to be a thing throughout the whole game where we get these owls, these owls' beaks, and then we plug them into the statue, and it gives us hints about the dungeon. Just some of the things that you have to do to get through these dungeons are exceptionally obscure, mm -hmm. and so having including a hint the three of a kind, like how are you supposed to know that you're supposed to slice each enemy until the correct thing displays? Where are you going? Uh, ben exited the dungeon because the acorn music was not stopping and it was giving him a headache. <laughs> so this is really cool. We made a chest up here. So in this room, ooh, at last you got a map. We got a map. <laughs> it's been too long since I said that. I know. So this is cool. Ben enters a doorway that is the shape of a person. Yeah, it's a one-way doorway, so you can only come one way through it. Ooh, and Ben just got got messed up. I did. I was I was a little lazy. A skeleton and he's just not even trying. Ooh. 
Oh, and we have our first mini boss. So this guy is super goofy in my opinion. He is very He's, goofy. Oh, and you already killed him. He's got big old lips and a little thing on his head and he pushes this rolling spike trap back and forth that you have to hop over. Now in the middle of this room is a warp point that if we go through will take us back to the beginning of the dungeon just in case we need to like leave and get some special stuff. Now we are in the room with the nightmare door and there is a staircase leading down into a dungeon. So we go down here, and we find that... Whoa! Huh, there are skeletons, human skeletons, hanging Definitely human. from chains, <laughs> which is awesome. It I is just very love metal. how morbid this is. So we go through, and we are met with... Outsider! Moldorm! Now we recognize this guy from the last game. We gotta slice its tail. It's getting Ben pretty good. Ben's getting got. Oh, but he's got about five. He's hopping all around. He's got about five hits in. And he gets the Moldorm before the Moldorm gets him. Now if Ben were to fall off the edge here, the edges are holes. And he would have gone down to that dungeon where all the dead people are. But instead, we walk up and get our first instrument that's on a pedestal. You've got the full moon cello. And we listen to the beautiful music of the full moon cello. Ben's dancing. I'm dancing. Everybody's having a great time. And it fades to white. Swamp. A path opens in the blues. So we have a little hint here that we gotta go to the swamp, I guess. But I think that for now, maybe we should give it a rest and take a big windfish nap. We've started the game, we crash landed on an island after getting struck by lightning. Marin rescued us, nursed us back to health. We woke up, Terran had our shield ready for us. We went and we found our sword, met the owl. It was a great voice. I love listening to the owl talk. Everybody loves the owl talk. That's what I've heard. We went up to the mysterious woods, the mysterious forest, and got a little lost, but with the help of a toadstool that a witch turned into magic powder, we were able to sprinkle some magic dust on a wacky raccoon, turn it back into Terran, who is being a little experimental with the mushrooms in the woods. Let's just be, let's just put that out there. Come on, guy. It's a little dangerous to be eating mushrooms. But we use that to make our way through the woods, find the tail cave key, enter the tail cave. Ben made light work of this dungeon. We met some enemies that were familiar, including enemies from Mario, which is Very really weird. cool that they yeah. popped in Easter eggs. We've already met uh, Chain Chomp and a Goomba, which we smushed the Goomba. And Ben made light work of the Moldorm. And we are already on our way to a very fun adventure here on Koholint Island. How you feeling about it, Ben? I'm feeling great, and I can't wait to get to the swamp, whatever that means, in next week's episode of Hyrule Podcaster! Thanks, everybody. See you next week. We back. We're back. Pew, 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 pew.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Hyrule Podcasters. Podcast of the Windfish. An odd conduit media production. If you like what you're hearing and want to support us directly, you can head over to our Patreon page. We'd also love to see you in our Discord. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Hyrule Podcasters and on Twitter at Hyrule Podcaster. As always, this episode was produced by Patrick. And we'd like to thank LT Headtrip for composing original music for the podcast, including our theme song. If you want to play along, you can find Link's Awakening DX on Game Boy, Game Boy Color, or the 3DS via their virtual console. The Nintendo Switch High Definition Remake is also a great option to play along. And be sure to rate and review us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen. And action! I mean, I feel like on this podcast, I've gotten much better about being really good about ums and ahs, and obviously oh, yeah. it's more conversational. For sure. But now that I know that I'm going to have to edit this video, <laughs> I'm even more yeah, dude. conscious of it. Now that you're doing some producing, you can feel my pain. Because just like, when it's the audio, obviously that's a difficult job for you to do. Sure. But it's just the audio. Right. But if I have to like cut video and audio to, to match, that is just so much. Yeah, dude. And like, it, it, the video gets choppy. Whereas this is like, oh yes, I can just cut this. Chop it up! Wasn't just a dream. My dreams have come true. We're finally playing. Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Windfish. <laughs> All right. I'll have to redo that. Odd Conduit Media.